Show. Welcome to Tom Rhodes Radio Smart Camp, live from lockdown. It's another beautiful day in uh, um, quarantine heaven, shall we say. Hey, I want to start out this episode by thanking uh, some beautiful human beings that are helping a brother out. Uh, Mats in Tromso, Norway, edited his pledge uh, to give me $5 more a month. Uh, Peter became a golden Buddha, and Elaine um, just sent me a really lovely message and became a, a Patreon um, generous giver, shall we say, and uh, was talking about how much uh, she appreciates the heart and knowledge that I put into this podcast. And she's still working and thought she would um, uh, help fuel um, my podcast. So thank you guys all very much. On the last episode, I had brought up The Week magazine and how uh, Carla in Rochester turned me on to this magazine like 15, 20 years ago. And I've bought so many gift subscriptions for my mom and different close friends of mine. Uh, I love The Week magazine. And the reason I had brought it up was because there's this great thing in there. Every week it comes out and it says, Good Week 4, Bad Week 4. And I wanted to read you a couple of them. Uh, this is from last week's The Week. Last week, it was a good week for safest sex. After New York City Department of Health issued an advisory recommending masturbation during the pandemic, you are your safest sex partner the department noted. <laughs> it was a good week for gorillas, with news that staff at New York City's Bronx Zoo are donating, are doning full protective gear during the pandemic given the generic, the genetic similarities between apes and humans and the possibility of viral transmission between the two species. Uh, it was a bad week for liberation. After Britain's Daily Mail warned women that going braless for, for weeks while quarantined at home could damage Cooper's ligament and cause breasts to sag permanently. I read that to my girlfriend and she vehemently disagreed with that, that uh, she thought that breasts uh, being liberated was, uh, uh, was good for them, not bad for them. And it was a bad week for pants, which have fallen out of fashion as white-collar workers shift to video conferencing. We're seeing increased sales in tops, but not bottoms, said Wall Street executive Dan Bartlett. People are concerned, obviously, from the waist up. And it was also a bad week for David Geffen, who deleted his Instagram account after the billionaire music mogul was widely mocked for posting that he was isolated in the Grenadines avoiding the virus. The post was illustrated with photos of Geffen's $590 million super yacht cruising alone in an azure sea as the sun sets in a blaze of color. Yeah, we hate seeing rich people rub it in our noses, don't we? You know, like we're dogs who pooped on the carpet. <clears throat> and then um, there's this cute little thing in the Week magazine also where it says, it wasn't all bad. Um, and that's, that's, that's always a good thing to remember. Um which is why I like seeing that on the news thing that, you know, even when things are really, really shitty in your life or when a life-threatening virus is uh, 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 
potentially going to wipe out the entire entire human race. It's good to remember that there are good things. Um, so here's on the it wasn't all bad section. It's it's a little cheerful news section. It wasn't all bad. One New York City couple had a wedding to remember last week in spite of coronavirus-related restrictions. Riley Jennings and Amanda Wheeler got their marriage license just before the city's marriage bureau closed indefinitely and then held their ceremony on an empty sidewalk to honor social distancing guidelines. The lovebirds' nuptials were officiated by their friend Matt Wilson, who leaned out of a fourth-floor window and opened with a passage from the novel Love in the Time of Cholera, after saying, I do, to the cheers of neighbors and friends watching from a responsible distance, the bride set off for a honeymoon in their living room. Wow, isn't that lovely? And speaking of reasons to be cheerful and why things aren't all bad, I am sitting here with my darling, lovable mother, and today is her birthday. Happy 81st birthday, Mommy. Thank you. Um, how, how, how was your birthday in, um, in, in my little apartment? Oh, it couldn't have been better. Uh, you try to make it so special. You had, um, a wonderful cake with fruit on top, uh, and cream in the middle. What a cake. It was very good. Vanilla layers with custard in between the layers, and then it had fresh fruit on top, and then... Vanilla icing with almond shavings on the outside. It looked as good as it tasted, and it just melted in your mouth. So I was really pleased. And you got uh, me some really cool little presents that I appreciated very much. And you, you've been cooking for me this whole time. Yeah, you? how's your how's your how's your uh, well, how, how's your whole experience been? I mean, well, yeah. I think everybody knows by now. I've I've I told the story on the last episode that um, you were visiting me last. Uh, last month when this all hit and uh, that was really fortunate for us because we decided you should stay here and ride it out with me otherwise you would have been alone in Florida and I would have been alone here it, it couldn't have been planned you know so uh, it was really great that I was visiting because then I could uh, uh, stay here and uh, Gosh, uh, in a way, I've been pampered this whole time. I, I had no <laughs> idea you were such a good cook, and that is really good to know. Well, I think it's really beautiful because you and I have, you know, we've we've had such a great relationship. I Everybody who knows me knows how much I love my mother. <clears throat> and, you know, you, you visited me when I lived in San Francisco. We went to Yosemite a few times. Yes. Uh, you visited me in L.A. a few times when I had the sitcom. When I lived in Amsterdam, you came there, um, you know, and then we went to Jerusalem. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, <clears throat> I've gotten uh, to uh, travel around the world because of you, <laughs> visiting you and uh, you showing me the sights. So uh, even though we're uh, sort of stuck here, we've gotten a, a rhythm to our days, trying not to... Um, be on top of each other you know we uh, separate when we need to and come together when we need to uh, and I really appreciate that uh, there's so much to do in your house because you like books as much as I do you got a whole wall of 
books and music and uh, we've gotten into a routine where you play music in the morning and you know so we have breakfast with music <laughs> breakfast with music and then we read <laughs> yeah then I work for a few hours and you work on your stuff and then um, and then we watch art documentaries and then I'll make dinner and then <clears throat> we usually watch a movie and this this episode uh, I wanted to go over all the movies I've been writing down the list of all the movies we've been watching and uh, just you know give our our uh, opinions and how we felt about it. we've had we've had some turds yeah. and we've had we've had some winners yes we have <clears throat> but I just want to say that um, you're the best possible person I could have uh, wished to spend this um, this global virus lockdown with you know so I kind of feel the same way that we both are interested in about the same things more or less and uh, so it gives us an opportunity to uh, read and uh, listen to records and watch movies and we also are playing Scrabble and um, you've always beaten me because <laughs> <laughs> you do have a bigger vocabulary than I do but um, um, or we, we played uh, 14 games and you've won three. Yeah. But I'm. You're I'm, gaining steam, though. Yeah, I am. Yeah. I am. I can see progress. And I, th I think progress. you've learned my little tricks. <laughs> yes. Like I you have. played QI last game, and um, ER is a good word. <laughs> yeah. You got to know the little. OX. Uh, OXO uh, is a word. Uh, there were a few things uh, that we challenged each other on usually when you challenge me uh, my spelling is bad so uh anyway it, and then you have to lose a turn which is kind of cool anyway i am getting better so i feel better about beating you i do a little happy dance when I beat you. <laughs> <laughs> so that's always cool yeah and we've got to uh you love joseph prince i remember you were here last september and then he was uh, he was uh, in L.A. in October. We got to go to see Joseph Prince together. Yes, that was an adventure. And then you came here for Christmas. Oh, my God. And we had that crazy story after Christmas. <clears throat> On December 27th, I had that a gig in a winery in Carmel. Yes. And the day after Christmas, I ordered a, I rented a car. And I thought, you know, you've never driven up the California coast. And I thought this would be really nice. And then we left, and there was snow at the grapevine on Interstate 5, so all the traffic had been diverted to the 101. So from Ventura to Santa Barbara, it's 100 miles, and it was bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic, and uh, it was absolutely miserable. Never in my life have I been on bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic for 100 miles. It was grueling. Like inching, literally. Inching. And you could see uh, to the right the truckers with their big rigs having to stop on the sides. And um, good grief, you could almost see smoke coming up from their uh, their trucks. It was uh, really an awful experience. I, I never saw anything like it in my yeah, life. Yeah, it, it was just... One semi-truck after another yeah. parked on the side. They obviously had given up or were yes. sleeping or playing video games until everything cleared up. Well, it, it, was, it didn't look like it was ever going to clear up. And then we got to Santa Barbara, and then I forget where we tried to get a hotel. 
Um, but we couldn't find, there was no hotels for like a hundred miles or something after Santa Barbara. And, uh, oh, I know where, it, I, we, we, we slept in the parking lot in my car at the Madonna Inn in San Luis Obispo. And the Madonna Inn is a really cool old, it's kind of tacky, uh, but it's really charming. It's been there forever. And, uh, I've stayed there a couple times through the years, but like, that's a place I would have always wanted to take you, and we well, we couldn't uh, get a room. That was another experience I never experienced before, sleeping in a car. And, and you're uh, the last person I would ever <laughs> want to, oh. to put through that. And it was like 30 degrees. It was freezing. At night. Oh, so that was uh, an experience that really... So we only, yeah, we only slept for, I don't know, three or four it hours. It wasn't much, <laughs> And then we got up and we had breakfast and then we, we went to the to the coast from there. And if we hadn't slept in the car, we never would have seen... Because um, I told my mom, we're going to stop at every Vista point along the way. And it wasn't a Vista point, but we saw like there was a bunch of surfers and uh, cars with surf racks on it. It looked like people were surfing in the water. And we wanted to just get out and take pictures of the surfers, but they had these elephant seals. And they were massive, and they were, I never even knew such a creature existed before. Yeah, I've seen them before in movies or in films or something, but I never saw them up close and personal. They uh, seemed to go pretty slow, and you were getting awfully close with your trying to take wonderful pictures of them. I was getting a little I nervous. I took some wonderful pictures. Yeah, yeah. you did. And uh, we were really close to the, these animals, and... It was amazing. It really was amazing. And uh, it was early in the morning and um, a great experience. We took some great photos. It was beautiful. So uh, I'm thrilled that you're here, Mom. Who knows how longer this is going to last. And, Hopefully not too much you know, um, But we're doing well. Yeah, we're doing great. I'm glad we're together. And, um, you know, I the combat preparedness that I take every time I go out yeah. and... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, getting us enough groceries to stay in for a week or two. Yeah. And uh, and then all these hundreds of movies that I have on DVD, um, we I've finally got a chance to watch them, and I'm, I'm watching these movies with my mom. So here is the list of all the movies that we have watched so far. We're not going to talk about uh, any of the TV things, or we'll do that another episode, and the books that you've read, we'll do that another time. This is just... The movies that I have watched with my mom since this whole lockdown started. I think um, starting, I don't, I somewhere around March 12th or 13th, somewhere around there. So this is a, a month of all the movies that we've watched. Okay. So we started out, number one was Treasure of Sierra Madre with Humphrey one. Bogart. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and... You watch this movie and you see what a brilliant actor Humphrey Bogart was. He he goes through so many ranges of emotions in it, and then he's he's obsessed by greed and vengeance, and uh, he's angry, he's crying. Uh, I mean, that movie alone, I think, made his career. He was really great at it. It um, had a bad ending for him, but it had a, a message. It was a movie with a message. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. The, the, the only thing, like some of these old movies that we've watched uh, have got some dated um, racial stereotypes. Like the Mexican people didn't look, because the movie takes place in Mexico. Right. Like I liked first they're in, 
they're in Tampico. They're starting out, and he can't, he doesn't have a job. He wants to get out of there. Um, I, I, I liked how that started in the in the the port city, and you know the guy's shining shoes. This rich guy gives him money. He keeps eating off of it. Uh, I don't want to give it away, but then they go out into the Mexican countryside, and he's on a train, and then all these Mexican bandits like rob the train, or they're trying to rob it. Um, there was there, there was a few things like that, but I I think we both liked Treasure of Sierra Madre. Yes, right? it was a good one. Okay, so um, that's two thumbs up. You, yes, I guess that was Siskel and Ebert. Should we do something else? Um, what um, oh, <laughs> what's okay. a happy gesture? We liked it. Oh. Okay, and then the next movie we saw was Asphalt Jungle, which was that. Uh, John Huston, I think John Huston made that movie, <clears throat> and uh, I think it was Marilyn Monroe's first movie. She was in it, and uh, you know she must have been really young, but she was so beautiful. So, uh, she just had a small part, but uh, I was um, remembering how beautiful she was. Yeah, I, I I enjoyed that flick, and we we went to a lot of crime movies at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, so we both liked that. Then the next movie we watched uh, was Stanley Kubrick's The Killing. Remember where they have the, the they do the heist at the racetrack? Oh yes. And the was, the guy shoots yeah, the horse. That was interesting. That? that was a, a, a an interesting movie, and it was a pretty good movie. Love that movie and suspenseful. And then the ending was a was a shock. I won't give away the ending. Right. But I love Stanley Kubrick, and uh, I wanted to show you that movie. Uh, after that, we did What About Bob, the Bill Murray movie, where um, Richard Dreyfus is his psychiatrist. Oh, yes, that was... You remember, and he's got the fish, the goldfish around his neck? It was kind of funny. Baby steps, baby steps. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> my sister, Laura, and I loved that movie, and that's why I wanted to, to show it to you. Uh, and, and Laura and I used to always say, I'm sailing! I'm really sailing. That was kind of funny. That was from that movie. And then we watched Tropic Thunder. Do you remember that, where they're making the Vietnam movie? I'm glad you're and, reminding me of all this stuff, because it's all gotten... Uh, we watched so many. T- t- together, and then lumped together in my brain. Robert Downey Jr. is such a great actor. He he gets his his skin what, um, darkened. So he can play this black character, but he's actually an Australian actor. It was a really, really funny movie. And there was a lot watching a lot of these movies with my mom. I realized how much like sex and violence. Yes, because um, uh, it was like they were doing this yeah, like parody of uh, Vietnam uh, movies, and like there's lots of blood. Yes, and you know it's kind of embarrassing to watch a, a sexual scene with your son. Yeah, I no, I, I, I know the feeling, mom. I. Um, <laughs> It, it's for son with a mother. It's not enjoyable either to watch <laughs> some steamy we're both sex embarrassed. scene. It, it's a good thing nobody was looking because we were both red. <laughs> but it seems like every movie and every TV had show something. has had something yeah. in it. That's... Yeah, either that or some terrible violent scene that uh, is upsetting. Well, for me, the the best laugh and uh, and I don't remember. I remember Laura told me about Tropic Thunder when it came out. You got to see this movie. It's so funny. For me, the best laugh at the end, Ben Stiller 
he's being held captive by these people in the, you know, heroin processing plant. And uh, he, there was the little boy and he says, they're all leaving on the helicopter. And he goes, no, I, I've, I've really made a connection with this kid. He's my son. I have to go back for him. And then they're all getting on the helicopter and he goes back. And then like a minute later, he comes running back. I was wrong. Don't leave me. The kid was and the little, kill him. the little kid is <laughs> hanging on his back. He's he got an arm around his neck and he's stabbing him with oh, a knife in the back. Yeah, that was, jeez. <laughs> um, then we watched the outlaw Josie Wales, the Clint Eastwood classic. Yes, that was, oh, I love uh, Clint Eastwood. He's really good. And he was spitting the tobacco juice yes, good on grief. everything. Every time he did that, right before he shoots everybody, <laughs> it was great. Gotta love a uh, Clint Eastwood. But I didn't. He was like a Confederate soldier in that. Yeah. And then they made the 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 Yankees look like uh, pretty bad bad people. Yeah. So interesting. I think it was uh, like the history of like Missouri. Missouri was kind of. Um, an in-between state where they would uh, first the uh, Confederates would run there and then and you know uh, it was not good for the people that lived there and then the uh, others would come in and uh, it was always a bad scene for the settlers yeah the my, my favorite scene is that, uh, that 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 copy of that film unfortunately um, was not a good copy and it skipped my favorite scene where this the guy, the young guy who's with him, is talking about his mother or his father taught him how to embroider um, roses on shirts, and he was singing "Yellow Rose of Texas," and then he kills these two guys who are trying to claim the bounty on Clint Eastwood. Mm. So, anyway, uh, one day maybe you'll see a better copy of that film. Yeah, but it was a really good film anyway. <laughs> <clears throat> Even um, if we did have to fast forward a, couple a of, little bit, yeah, I didn't. Not all these DVDs are in the best quality, but uh, it's good to, to to finally get to watch all of them. And then I showed you one of my favorite movies of all time, Sexy Beast, with Ray Winston, the uh, British guy, and yeah, that was bloody. They're living in Spain. Yeah, good. They're grief. friends, and then um, uh, what's his name, Gandhi, um, Ben Kingsley. Pay, plays the opposite of Gandhi. He's like the... Remember that? He wants him to come back to London and do yes, the job. He, was, uh, he wouldn't take no for an answer. Had a very nasty uh, part. What an asshole. And then speaking of things that are uncomfortable to watch with your mom, um, the bad guy in the film, uh, Teddy Best, Mr. Black Magic is, is his name. Uh, he's at some swingers thing and... He has sex yeah, that, with, that was with some old banker guy. And, and I'm sitting there watching it with my mom. And I'm like, oh, shit. Well, mm -hmm. I shouldn't have told her this one was my favorite, maybe. Jeez. Well, there <laughs> but were I think some it's, a, it's a love story. Yeah, well, it, it, was... it disguised as a criminal film. Like when he's back in London and he calls his girlfriend and, and he says, I love you like a rose loves rainwater. I love you like a leopard loves his partner in the jungle. Because he knows he, he doesn't know if he's going to get killed. He doesn't know if this is the last time he's ever talking to her. I, yeah, I loved it. Yeah, there was a, a big connection between the two, husband and wife. I thought that part was nice, but it, there was a lot of violence. And then when Ben Kingsley's saying to him, 
that she's a whore, and of all the women you should have married, you could have been with, and you chose this whore. That and, was awful. And he yeah. just he just goes, "I love her with all my heart." I, it just I, it chokes <laughs> it chokes me up. <laughs> well, I, I I love that film. It had some good points for the movie. Um, and then we watched. Uh, prob- then I think we were, we 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 really started off with some really great films. And then we watched um, uh, 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 An Unwatchable Turd by Mel Brooks called History of the World Part One. Oh, yeah, that was okay. <clears throat> Remember that? Yeah. It and was, I like Mel Brooks. It was uh, an unforgettable unforge- movie, for sure. Mel Brooks did Blazing Saddles, uh, The Producers. I did see that. Mm-hmm. Wonderful things. And then History of the World, and there was a lot of big, it was a big budget movie. There were so many, uh, you talk about like dated things, like <clears throat> he's a he's in ancient Rome, and then he's a, he's a stand-up philosopher. And then his agent gets him a gig to play at the palace, at Caesar's palace. Get it? So he gets to play for Caesar. And he starts off, he's got some good jokes and everybody's laughing. Oh, and then Caesar has this gay guy who's fanning him. And... Uh, and the, and Caesar's played by Dom DeLuise, who was a rotund individual. And so Mel Brooks, the stand-up philosopher, starts doing fat jokes. And it's not going good. And uh, Dom DeLuise, the, the, the plump Caesar, is getting upset. And he knows he's dying. And then he did a joke where only the gay guy fanning the Caesar laughed. And then... Mel Brooks looks into the camera and he goes, well, the little faggot got it. And I was like, oh my God. That was like so um, uh, politically incorrect by today's standards, you know? Oh, and then, oh my, oh, and then it was, it was so many dick jokes. Yeah. It was like not even 10th grade humor because 10th grade humor is pretty sophisticated compared to this. Um, Like when he's, the French Revolution and they're showing the, the the French kings. It was he's a French king, and it's all he wants to squeeze a titty. And then they had like they had a chess set with uh, real human beings on it. And then he said, "Everybody uh, like gang rape the queen." And then everybody it was like, "What was this funny in 1974 or whenever this came out?" It was like it was so not funny, and it was one dick joke after another. I I I, I thought. That was one of the biggest pieces of shit uh, that has ever been made by by Hollywood. Yeah, it wasn't the best. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so after History of the World Part One, oh my God, then we then we watch a. So I bought a lot of movies, you know. I, this one I just bought for the title. I had knew nothing about it. Uh, I think this was a Swedish film. And I, I bought it just because of the title, and I never got around to watching it. And unfortunately, I inflicted this uh, excruciating uh, pain on you. The film is called "A Pigeon Sat on a Branch, Reflecting on Existence." Yes, we tried to figure out <clears throat> what exactly the movie was trying to say, but it uh, went from bad to worse. It was so boring. I could not figure out what they really wanted to say. Well, I mean, even with like, um, 
you know, artsy existentialist license. There was no point to it. And it was... I never did figure it. It, it just was really stupid and uh, stay away from that movie at all costs. So we had two really terrible turd movies after that. So I thought, let's go with a winner. And we watched The Lion King. Yes, that was Disney. fun. Yeah. And uh, sometimes you have to go back to a kid's show just to recuperate from uh, some other shows that are trying to say something that you don't quite get. Um, I would say The Lion King is my favorite Disney movie. And it has a good uh, good message. I, and I was living in New York City 98, 99 when it came on Broadway and it was the first Broadway show I had ever seen. And then at the beginning, all these people dressed like animals, they came down the aisles. Oh, that's cool. And they're all singing and I remember I got like misty. I thought it was so beautiful. Mm. So I really... The songs um, were great. You know, Disney has uh, some really good songs. Yeah. Akuna Matata. It means no worries. Yeah, it was good. And then we watched uh, a documentary that I love, and I knew you would love it, and it's called Finding Vivian Meyer. If you oh, haven't seen this film, good. watch this film. Uh, it, a famous photographer? <clears throat> or she uh, wasn't famous in her lifetime. Well, no, but... Uh, she is now. Or this guy bought a trunk full of her negatives at some auction in Chicago, and that's how he discovered her after she died. And this woman was a nanny to all these different families. And she used to go around Chicago and take pictures of all kinds of different stuff, people in ghettos, people in alleys, people in pool halls. And she would bring the children... On little field trips. Yes, it was kind of, that part was a little odd. The woman was a little eccentric, but uh, she would always carry a camera and would take pictures, you know, uh, from uh, an angle that you didn't suspect she was taking a picture, but she was a, a real good Oh, yeah, because you hold it yes, down and you look through the down, top, so people uh, didn't know she was yeah, taking a picture. Y you weren't aware that she was taking pictures, but... The uh, odd thing was that she really wasn't taking that well care of the children. <laughs> uh, she was, even though she was supposed to be this nanny, um, nobody seemed to keep her very long. But uh, at the end, um, well, you don't want to give everything up, but uh, some of the kids that had grown up took care of her. Um, it was an interesting movie. Yeah, it was nice. It was that uh, some kids had... We're saying she was a little crazy, and then these other yeah. these two sons they were that she took care of took care of her and paid her rent later in life. Conflicting opinions of her as a person, but nobody uh, doubted that she was a good photographer. Brilliant photographer, I love her stuff. And if you've never seen that movie, see Finding Vivian Meyer. It's and black and white. Um, her films. A lot of it. Some of them. Some of them were in color. It was great, though. That was a good movie. And then we watched a movie from the year you were born, 1939, with Cary Grant called Only Angels Have Wings. Remember the black and white movie? And where were they? they were in, somewhere in the Caribbean or South America, and they're flying these planes. Oh, yes. They were yeah. flying mail Into around. Into the jungle. 
Uh, yes, it was. And they're that drinking was a, and they're flying planes in the middle a, of the night. That was a pretty good movie, you know, for that time. Yeah, I I, I, I enjoyed it. it, was, it I, I, for 1939 standards, um, it was pretty cool with the special effects of how they showed planes flying over mountains and yes, crashing that, and that stuff. Yes, that was pretty interesting. And those planes, you just wonder how people used to get into those planes and fly. You'd have to be pretty brave. Yeah. Um, so I think we both liked that. We both so I, I, we both hated History of the World. We both hated Pigeon Sat on a Branch. Uh, we both loved Lion King, Finding Vivian Meyer. And even though it, I, I thought it was a cool, a cool movie, Only Angels Have Wings. So the next film we watched was Fistful of Dollars, the yes. Clint Eastwood movie. You know I like his movie. I know you love Clint Eastwood. <laughs> <clears throat> and, um, yeah, we've, I, we, I still have more Clint Eastwood movies for us to watch, but, but yeah, that was great. There was the, the wimpy husband with the hot wife and the little kid. Remember the bad guys? Yeah. Uh, it, it's, but, you know, it's violent in, in spots, but it, it he'll, you know, I like happy endings where people win. So it it had a good ending also. Um, why, why is it do you, you think you, you prefer happy endings? I mean, that's very... I like happy endings. <laughs> because when I lived with the uh, Natalie, the French woman, she would always yeah. say, I mean, and then you'll hear... Americans love happy endings. I do. In their movies. Well, I want to, you know, like uh, a movie could have some problems that maybe everyone has, and then the problems are solved, and then it's a happy ending, you know, because the problem is solved, whatever the problem was. And you want to feel good when you go out for yeah. entertainment. And you don't want to, uh, you know, like, you don't be confused a movie and that pissed leaves... off like we were after oh. a pigeon sitting on a branch. <laughs> a couple of those type movies, yeah. Like, what was that about? But yeah, like History of the World Part 1, we were like, God, why did we waste an hour of our life, an yeah, hour that's... and a half, watching that? Yeah, that's the thing. And you, you want a movie that you can talk about after you leave, you know, that makes you want to think. Um, what it, was the movie trying to say, you know? But I like happy endings, even if it's, I don't know, kind of childish. I like a happy ending. <laughs> Although well, I've I think enjoyed... we could all use a happy ending now. You <laughs> I've know? enjoyed Who movies. wants to see existential angst <laughs> and uh, everybody dying now? Well, I don't want to see any we need cheerfulness. movies yeah. now, for well, sure. Well, that's the thing about this whole... Um, yeah. I never saw any of those virus movies, so I don't, I, I don't. I'm not going to see it. I don't know how this all turns out. This whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, good. Grief. So then we watched. Uh, it's a. It's 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 one of my favorite books by John Fonte, and I think they did a pretty decent job with the with the with the movie with Selma Hayek. Uh, it's called Ask the Dust. Remember the young guys? He moves to L.A. and he's trying to be a writer, and he's only eating oranges. Yeah. Donald Sutherland is his neighbor who tells him to steal the milk and it's buttermilk. Remember yeah, that? Yeah, right. And then there was a really steamy um, sex scene in that where they're like skinny dipping and everything. And um, I was like, oh my God, I forgot this was in there. But um, I, I really, I liked that movie. 
it didn't have a happy ending. But no, <laughs> it was okay. Uh, it was well done. Uh, interesting, you know. I don't always have to have a happy ending. I just have to have an. Interesting I like the way movie. they showed Los Angeles in the twenties, where there was this great. Los Angeles used to have the best uh, mass transportation system in the world in like the nineteen twenties, and there were trolleys that went all over the city, like San Francisco has the trolleys. Right. And they were all over L.A., and you could go from downtown all the way to the beach. You could go all over the city on these trolleys, but they they ripped up all the um, the trolley tracks and built the highways. Yeah, when I lived in Washington, D.C. in the 50s, they had trolleys. That was like that everywhere. That must have been yeah. charming. It was really cool, I thought, because they were like they would be in the middle of the street where it didn't interfere with traffic. On both sides, you know, where the grass normally is. That's where the trolleys were. Mm -hmm. Except downtown, of course. The next movie we watched uh, with Robert De Niro is The Mission, where he's the slave hunter, and then he kills his brother, and then he... he, he, he it was a period piece. He joins the Jesuit order. It's, 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 it's um, based on a true story. It's where the Iguazu Falls were. Um, the uh, everything above the, the the falls, they had, you know, people who didn't even never even been to South America drew the the borders, and the Portuguese take over, and you know these Jesuits or monks or whatever they were, they get the natives to come out of the out of the forest, the jungle, and become Christians, and they make this perfect community this church and they're all working and uh you know raising bananas and everything and they're making profit and money but none of them take any money they all put it back into the uh they had this perfect it was a communal christian thing. community and they're singing in the church and they yeah but they were um competition to the spanish people and they didn't like that the competition, uh, they, actually they were doing better than the other people because the other people had slave labor and they didn't. It was, you were working for yourself. So it was way better. Um, but that did not have a happy ending and it was a really good picture. That was a great film, but then, yeah. you know, we've been watching these movies and then, <clears throat> you know, you'll go to bed at like 9, 30, 10 o'clock every night. So it's like right after we watch the movie. So at the end of that film, the Portuguese army comes in and then they just ruthlessly White slaughter all these natives yeah. who had become Christians. And then they're, remember, they're still walking with the cross yeah, and did. singing. They weren't this, even armed and they, they killed them all. Women and children. children and and yeah. I, I was like, oh shit, that wasn't the best thing to see right before bed. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that was, um, but it was a really good picture. I did enjoy it, even though it was ha not a happy ending. I love that film so much. I actually watched the director's commentary once, where they show the film, and then the mm -hmm. director talk, and he he talks about all the different shots and the symbolism, like where Robert De Niro's after he kills his brother, he's he's so heartbroken uh, and remorseful over it. He's like trying to climb up beside the waterfall with all of his armor on the back. And it kept falling, and 
the guy talks about all the symbolism in it. The, yeah, it was like penance. Yeah. And uh, then, but the cool part was the Indian cut the rope to the garbage that he was carrying um, to set him free. Um, Released him from his burden. Yeah. It was um, a really good picture. It had a, a, a lot of, I think that's what I like a, a lot. It would it says said a lot. It would had a message, and uh, it was excellent. And I did when I went to South America. Uh, went to Argentina, and that was my old country. And so we went to Iguazu Falls, and you got to see it up close and personal. And it was a beautiful place, very big. The falls were fantastic. So I was there, and it was like history. They talked about it there. Did you ever hear uh, the famous quote from Eleanor Roosevelt when she saw when she went to Iguazu Falls? She uh, said, "I think I did something about it. oh poor Ni Niagara." Oh poor Niagara! It it is bigger than Niagara. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like never ending, <clears throat> but it it's really interesting. So after the after the mission, I, I I I'd say my my you know I'd say Sexy Beast is probably like my third favorite movie, but number one and number two, we watched True Romance, and then we watched Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I'd say those are uh, Willy Wonka is my number one. I'd say True Romance is number two. Sexy Beast number three. Um, True Romance is like super violent, but I wanted you to see it because I love this film so much. And again, it's a crime thriller movie, but there's this love story throughout it, you know? I am not. And then she says to him after um, she hooks up with him in the beginning, she says, I am not what they, I am not damaged goods. I am not what they call Florida white trash. I've been a call girl exactly for three days, and you're my second client, something like that. I, for, I, I, yeah, that I get was... misty every time I see that scene, her, yeah, de her declaration uh, of uh, her own self-worth to him. It was uh, a violent movie, but uh, I guess you could call it a happy ending at the end. It was a happy ending. They yeah. end up in Mexico with the kid, and his yeah. eyes shot out. Yeah, so it was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of that famous scene with uh, Christopher Walken and Dennis Hopper where he's he wants to know... Oh, that was... Oh, uh, uh, disturbing, you know. But the guy knew he was going to get killed, so he uh, insulted the main mafia-type person. And uh, the mafia guy shot him, which was a lot easier than the torture they were starting to do on him. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, I don't particularly like those type scenes, um, but, you know, it probably is uh, the way those people act towards each other. You know, if they want to find out something, they'll torture you <laughs> and um, then kill you afterwards. Yeah. Slowly. <laughs> S stay out of the drug trafficking yeah, world, uh, I would say. <laughs> So did you like the movie? Uh, yeah, it was pretty good, actually. Uh, overall, I would say uh, the bad <clears throat> parts, uh, the good parts outdid the bad parts. So 
overall, I had a, a better feeling after the movie. Well, I like that he's such an Elvis fan, and that Elvis keeps appearing to him in these different situations, and that, that Elvis was, has that given was, him uh, advice. That was kind of <clears> funny. And then at the end of the advice, he always goes, I like you, Clarence. Always have, always will. That was kind of <laughs> his imagination run wild. Yeah. But, but um, it was interesting. Beautiful film. Uh, and then my favorite number one film of all time, the original Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And uh, every frame of that movie is brilliant. The story is so good. Uh, Charlie's living with his family. The two grandparents, two sets of grandparents are bedridden. Yes, they it couldn't was. be more <laughs> poor and miserable. And oh he says gosh. to his mom, I'm tired of cabbage water for dinner every oh, night. They're having cabbage water for oh, dinner. Oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> I, I saw that movie. I took the kids to see that movie uh, when it first came out. 1971? So I was four. I <clears throat> didn't remember it at all, I think. I remembered maybe a couple of songs because uh, the kids just loved that movie. And um, seeing it again, it was like seeing it for the first time. It was uh, pretty creative and uh, interesting. It did have a story. It almost overdid it with a poorness, but Gene Wilder is so brilliant. He really was as Willy very Wonka. Good. Yeah, I hated the remake with Johnny Depp. I thought, how dare they even attempt it? And then <clears throat> Johnny Depp tried to do this like Michael Jackson voice. I did not see. It that was remake. terrible. And then uh, the Oompa Loompas were not little people. They were. It was one normal sized guy who had been shrunken down through special effects, and then they just duplicated that same guy. Huh. You know, and the thing I thought was like, imagine you're a little person actor in Hollywood, and you read in the trades, they're going to remake Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Hey, we're going to work. We're going to get work. And then they don't even... Um, and then they didn't even have... <clears throat> I love that film so much, and I've thought about it in my life. There's, there, There's been... Times in my life where I dirtied up the ceiling in the fizzy lift-it room and I had to give back my everlasting gobstopper to make everything okay. I, I remember that scene. With him and Uncle Charlie. But I, I didn't see the remake, so I can't make any comparison. But it, it was interesting looking at it now, years later. I didn't remember much of the other one. Veruca Salt, what a little bitch she was. All those little kids were awful, except the uh, hero. I want to go to an egg machine, Daddy. I want it now. <laughs> they were all awful, <laughs> except for that one little kid. And that we looked at the, the DVD extras, the kid that played Charlie in that film, that's the only film he's ever been in. He never... He was really good. I wonder what happened to that guy. But he, I think it's interesting. If you're going to have one film credit... Why not it be the greatest film of all time? He really was good at it. So I'm surprised that he didn't do any more, but maybe it was his choice and maybe his parents. Yeah, he had a taste of show business and <clears throat> didn't want anything to do with it. Uh, <clears throat> and then we watched a, a cute film called Seeking a Friend for the End of the World. Oh, yeah, that was With Steve Carroll and um, Kira Knightley. And I knew nothing about that film. I just thought it was a cute title. 
And so an asteroid is coming to the Earth. The film opens with the space shuttle blew up, and that was our one chance to stop the asteroid, and everybody's got two weeks to live, something like that. And so the story that unfolds of um, the end of the world... It was a really good story. Bad ending, of course, but it was. Uh, I thought. I thought. They, you know. I, it it really did like the uh, ending they expected happened, but uh, the story was really good. I I thought it was a it was a cute love story, especially to under today's circumstances of you know everybody in the world is experiencing the same thing right now. Everybody's staying in. Everybody's nervous. Everybody's, um, you know trying to be vigilant and do all they can to keep the shit out of their life. Um, I, I thought it was interesting, the concept that the world is going to end in two weeks. and um, People were doing pretty much the same thing they were always doing. He just happened to find the love of his life at the last moment. The last minute. But at least he found it. So I thought that would, I thought that I liked that movie. I thought it that was, was, a, good that was movie. a good film. Yeah. And then we watched the Martin Sheen movie, The Way. Oh, that where, was great. And it was directed by his son, Emilio Estevez, who's also in the film. The, the son is going to do that religious pilgrimage across the French Pyrenees, across the top of Spain. Um, what was it? The Apostle James. James um, supposedly ended up <clears throat> on the coast in Spain. So it's this it religious pilgrimage. It was a really interesting movie. Uh, and I thought it was a very happy movie. I mean, you know, not wonderfully happy because yeah, his son dies, and then he never travels. Forget what was he? A, a, he was a dentist or something like that. Yeah, he was a dentist, and, and his uh, son wanted him to travel with him, but uh, he didn't. Um, and then the son dies, and so he goes to uh, reclaim the body, and and he decides to do the pilgrimage and I had read about the pilgrimage before so I was kind of interested in seeing that supposedly people that do this pilgrimage change it changes their lives um, and it could take a couple of months to do it because um, you do it more or less on your own and you're walking well most of them were walking uh, you could maybe ride a bike or something uh, but uh, it was Really a good movie. I enjoyed it very much. I liked it. Oh, wow. And then, I thought this was an art documentary, but then it turned out to be a movie. It was called Mr. Turner. And it was about <clears throat> uh, Turner, the famous British painter, who, you know, I've been in the, the, the Tate Modern Museum in London. I've seen his stuff. I've seen it at the Met in New York City. Um... I think in Philadelphia, the Museum of Art has the burning of Parliament. Parliament caught on fire. Beautiful painting. Uh, and then there's the fame. And I told you on that in, on my sitcom, there was this episode where Stephen Tobolowski, the principal, he gets into photography and he's on the roof <clears throat> and it's raining. And it was one of my favorite scenes we ever filmed because we did it in the studio, but they had these trucks outside full of water and they set up these sprinklers where it looked like rain and you're in the studio and I'm, you know, we're filming this <clears throat> roof scene and I'm telling him to come off the roof and he says, Tom, the artist Turner 
strapped himself to the front of his ship so he could paint the eye of a storm better. <clears throat> and so, like, I, I I was fascinated, like, oh, I want to see, learn about the life of Turner because uh, he seemed like such a dedicated artist and he's done all these famous things. And then we watched this movie, Mr. Turner. It was a dumb thing to do because he uh, tied himself <clears throat> to a mast and was out there and got pneumonia from doing that. So he was very sick. Yeah, it turned out to be a stupid thing to do. Yeah, it was a stupid thing to do. Um, but he was such a rotten human being, like a yeah. weird guy. Yep. <clears throat> Wasn't classy at all. <coughs> then he had a, a, a servant maid who I, I think had some kind of mental issues. And then he like... Uh, he, he had a forci- lot of problems. <laughs> yeah, he forcibly... Uh, uh, I mean, he raped her. And uh, he just was not a pleasant person. And... We couldn't wait for this guy to die. The movie seemed to go on and on and on <clears throat> and on. And uh, he, uh, it showed him in such a bad light. He was such a, a bad person, a, a human being, that, uh, you know, I couldn't put the two together. What wonderful paintings he did and the terrible person that he was. And they kept going on and on. <laughs> and, uh, and we both started saying I don't know when he'll die. We'll I hope die. he dies soon. <laughs> that's awful. And then when he died, we cheered. We clapped. That's, that's how I It was like, oh, maybe also because we saw it at the end of the night. We were just tired. <laughs> and, and this thing seemed to go on and on. And you couldn't put the guy in a worse light. Uh, and uh, I guess that it was true that he really was that bad. But... Um, yeah, we couldn't wait for him to die. That's all. That's a terrible thing to say. Well, then we had. Well, it's true. I mean, it was. Yeah, a, I wonder how true. We, we that both is. like. We like Turner less now. Yeah. And I think we both liked Turner before we saw that movie. Oh, we thought his <clears throat> paintings were wonderful. Of course, it has nothing to do with the paintings. He just happened to be, not a nice person, as a human, and. Uh, it, it's interesting. Britain's most loved painter. I know. We. Uh, wow. We've been. Uh, watching a lot of documentaries and a lot of these people uh, as people they were not that wonderful but their paintings were great <laughs> but as people they were uh, losers completely well and then on the films then we get into like another uh, <clears throat> bad uh, string of movies here from after Turner Mr. Turner we watched this film called 1900 and somebody had told me that it was about a guy on a ship who plays piano, and the ship is just going all over the world, and the guy's a piano player. And I thought, oh, that'll be a happy movie to watch with my mom. And the movie 1900 is about these peasants in Italy. And they're the poorest people, and Burt Lancaster plays like the landowner guy. He's an asshole. He's an out-of-touch rich Douche. They had a, a lot of uh, famous people in this movie, and honestly, we uh, ended up just cutting the movie off because we stopped it, it after about an hour, and it's yeah, just this, like it was awful. These we're, dirt poor peasants—they've got nothing, and uh, we're waiting it, for something to happen, and it never happened. But the whole time I'm watching the film, I'm I'm thinking to myself, when did they go on the ship and the guy start playing piano? Yeah. It well, never happened. It must have been another movie. <laughs> it was another movie. So, yeah, we hated 1900 so much we stopped it. I don't even yeah. know if we made it an hour. 
Oh, well, for sure <clears throat> we made it an hour. We were trying to give it, you know, all these famous people were in this movie. Donald you, Sutherland. You um, just figured. Robert De Niro. You know, that it's going to turn out to be fairly decent at the end. Well, I don't know if it did uplift after we quit watching it, but I thought we gave it more than enough time to turn. And it never, it didn't. Never we turned. It no. definitely wasn't. I don't think there was a happy ending on that flick. Well, it didn't look like it. <laughs> yeah, I think after Burt Lancaster uh, hung himself, then we said, "Fuck this movie." Yeah, that was it. Um, Although you know, <clears throat> there was a question about whether he actually hung himself, or maybe someone helped him hang himself. I don't know. Um, but the movie was so bad, you didn't it really. It was so bad, you, I didn't, didn't care. care. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then we attempted to watch the 1950s film The Agony and the Ecstasy about the painter Michelangelo uh, starring Charlton Heston. And uh, you know what I loved about the film? It started out <clears throat> with this, these great shots in Italy of all the things that Michelangelo had done. There's like an aerial shot going around the dome of St. Peter's uh, Basilica in the Vatican <clears throat> and they were talking about the design and just the great works of of Michelangelo and then they showed you know Madonna and Child some of his his sculptures and and David that it's like a little 10 minute opening I enjoyed but um, the film I couldn't watch it because Charlton Heston he's constantly agitated and he's yelling the whole movie and then he's yelling at, um, uh, he was yelling at everybody. I, he didn't want to be a painter. Well, I just thought it was a, it, it was a bad. Um, but, uh, you know, maybe that's how it happened. I thought it was badly him. acted by Charlton Heston. And I like him as an actor. I liked him. I, I, I think Omega Man would be a good film to watch now, which. Um, um, What's that one about? I think he's in L.A. and everybody, though, everybody's, he's like the last man left on Earth. Hmm. And he's got to fight some um, zombie monsters. Hmm. The 70s film. Doesn't sound all that great. No, we'll stay away from that. And then I know you hated this next film, Nebraska, with Bruce Dern. He's the old guy who thinks he's in Billings, Montana, and he thinks he won... A million dollars. Yeah, that was. And he wants to go to Lincoln, Nebraska, and collect his million. I, it, it wasn't that I hated it. Actually, it had a pretty good ending. I mean, it was one of those that we were trying to give it a um, give it a break and see if it would turn, and it did at the very end. But it was like picturing the the people in the middle of the country as being so terribly uninteresting. They had nothing to say to each other, and. Uh, I just, you know, I thought it was, you know, like uh, like the movies we saw where they acted like the Mexicans were stupid. They acted like the middle America people were stupid or and were so uninteresting. They had nothing to say to each other. They just sat there and watched television. Um, but at the end, it, it really did have a good story uh what it was trying to say was that the the son that son really loved the father and and went out of his way to help him even though the father 
believed in something that was not true, like, oh, you won the lottery kind of thing. And he really didn't win the lottery. Everybody knew that he didn't win the lottery, but the son was trying to protect him. Yeah, he gets one of those dumb sweepstakes letters. Yeah. You may want to have won a million dollars. You have won. <clears throat> All you have to do is show up. And everybody knew it was not true. But the son uh, tried to... Uh, try to help him, you know, he tried to keep the guy's dignity, and at the end, well, that's given the whole thing away. You'd have to see it if you could get through the everybody sitting there watching television sections, which was most of the movie. Well, once that, well, you know, when it gets to the end, you realize that um, having a, a son or a child who loves you Yes, is more it, important than a million dollars. Right, that that's was pretty the much message. the point of the film. Yeah, and, and <clears throat> it just I'm took like a long that. way to to get there. Uh, they didn't have to drag it out that long, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But it would have been a way shorter movie had they done that. It might have been a fourth of the movie had they done that. But I think every film should have Iron Man come in and just fix everything. <laughs> and t- I think every film should be ten minutes long. Um, <clears throat> no, I don't. That's a joke. Yeah, but that was a. a Pretty good movie. If you could hang in there. Um, and then we watched The Messenger, which was about Joan of Arc. And you had read the Mark Twain book about Joan of Arc, so I thought, oh hey, a Joan of Arc story. Yeah, that was. And really then it was good. like um, super violent, and then there's pretty like pretty bloody. Yeah. They they kill some nuns at the beginning. It was pretty bloody. <clears throat> yeah. Even uh, and I'm watching the Joan of Arc movie, like going, oh shit, even. This one with my mom is a little... Yeah, it was... Uh, but it was a, a pretty good movie, actually. Um, well done. Uh, you know, I don't really like to see uh, hand-to-hand combat with people's bodies being cut here and there. And it was fairly graphic. But I guess it, it followed the story pretty well. Well, human history is not... You know, it's I mean, not, even in the Bible, not, the Bible is full yeah. of uh, there were a lot of murder wars. and gruesome, and you know, yeah. Well, there were a war lot. Of is war is not a pleasant thing. No, and it was all uh, <clears throat> hand combat in those days, hand to hand. Yeah. Uh, and then we watched uh, a film that I've always heard was a classic, and I always wanted to to watch it. We watched Lawrence of Arabia. And we, what I think maybe we got an hour into that and gave up on it. It was just like such long, boring, maybe it was sweeping than an hour. shots. Maybe we made it. No, actually, I think we made it two out. We made it to the intermission. Okay. Um, yeah, there were beautiful shots, but they went on and on forever about the desert. And uh, uh, I mean, <clears throat> how much desert can you take? You know. Um, I was happy to have not seen the rest of the movie. Yeah, and then I thought, like, the way I remembered uh, Treasure that. of Sierra Madre yeah. made uh, Mexican people look really um, uh, cartoonish and stereotypically kind of not so smart, uh, I thought that's what this film did for um, Arabic people. It made them look really... Um, well, no, I didn't think it made them look that bad. <clears throat> um but, it, it, you know, it was strange because, of course, their way of living is different from ours, but I didn't think they made them look stupid. Um, they were... 
They're just tribes fighting tribes and fighting. Uh, yeah. archaic. Forever. Uh, like they, it was forever fighting. You could, you could never organize them. They're all. I mean, uh, your maybe... great grandfather fought so on this side, so naturally, they were all tribal, and it was odd because they were trying. He was trying to get them together, and in the movie, I think, if I remember correctly, he did get them together and everything. I don't remember that much on the second half because I think I saw the movie when it first came out, and it was a long time ago. But, you know, um, he's a, a good uh, actor. Uh, Peter O'Toole, handsome. Those blue eyes on screen yeah. looked great, but uh, that, that film doesn't age very well either. That was just really, really um, tedious and boring. Then we watched a film called Paris, I Love You. And I think there was a different, I think they, they made like New York, I Love You. I think they made a few versions of this. Uh, concept uh, and it was all these little short vignette pieces done by different directors yeah that was different and uh, I, I enjoyed that film I thought there was sort there, of there, artsy it was artsy there was two of them like like uh, there was this, the second scene was the young guy falling in love with the Arabic girl I liked that um and, and I didn't know it was vignettes at that point. I was like, yeah. oh, wow, this would be a good movie about these young kids. And then they never showed up in the film again until the credits at the end. But <clears throat> it was two vignettes I thought were stupid. The uh, the one with the mime yeah, that was, was stupid. And then yeah. there was one with Daniel Radcliffe, who played Harry Potter, um, who falls in love with a vampire woman. That, that was you remember weird. that? I thought yeah, that those was two weird. were pretty stupid. Yeah, but, but the rest of it was interesting. Some of them had uh, a different kind of ending than you'd think. You know, you might think it's going to turn out one way and it turns out another way. But uh, the good parts of that film actually overshadowed the bad parts of the film. I thought it was a good one. I enjoy it. It's a feel-good rom-com type film. Um, and then we watched a film that I... A film I always thought was brilliant, but I think we got a half hour into it. You just weren't feeling it. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, about the salesman. Oh, yeah. You remember uh, uh, Alec Baldwin is the young... A lot of uh, famous actors, but... Um, Jack Lemmon. They were, um, you know, I, I just couldn't take the uh, awfulness of their situation. I just... First prize is a Cadillac. Second yeah. prize is a set of steak knives. Third yeah. prize is you're fired. I just thought, uh, I'm not going to watch this movie. <laughs> uh, and they were uh, just awful to each other. Um, total abuse in the office. I just, I, that's it. I couldn't take it. Yeah. We didn't do. We didn't that, get on that one. Yeah, and we didn't look at it that long. Uh, long enough for me to just say no. I don't think I want to watch this. Um, yeah, it was uh, it, it was more bleak than I remembered it. But but if you wanted to watch, I just it remembered course. it being an acting tour de force. Most of the film takes place in this one room. You know, uh, I thought that was cool. But uh, the next film we watched was an Italian film, so we watched it with subtitles uh, called Caravaggio about the artist Caravaggio. 
And uh, I think we both love Caravaggio, so... Actually, that movie was uh, way better than another Caravaggio movie that I'd seen. You don't, you're talking about the Simon Shama power of art. I love that guy who played Caravaggio. Well, he, uh, he, they, they, uh, I like them both. Yeah. Um, he, he wasn't a wonderful person, but uh, of course his art was terrific. Another one that, you know, you think, good grief. Beautiful art, not not a nice person who did this wonderful art. Yeah. He almost... Uh, you got to separate the artist from yeah, the art. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like, how could... Nasty people make such beautiful paintings. <laughs> yeah, but that's how it goes, I guess. Well, and it was interesting. Uh, oh, one of the oh, well, one of the art documentaries. How <clears throat> the um, the Utrecht school, these artists from Utrecht, they were in Italy, had copied his style, and then they brought that back to Holland, and that's how Rembrandt learned about that technique of of lighting and darkness and stuff. But that was in one of the art documentaries. That was not in the Caravaggio movie. <clears throat> so, okay, we got two more films left. Uh, that's a lot of movies. Let's see. What do we watch? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29. Okay, we've we'll watched 30 films. Gosh. Well, no wonder. They're all... We've been watching a movie every night. They're all clumping together and you have to remind me of what was that one about so the next one we watched time bandits oh yeah about the little kid and then the, that was kind of the crazy. little people come into his room yeah. they found some map that was sort of donkey <clears throat> i liked it was time travel yeah well i liked it because i'm reading the napoleon book i liked the them showing napoleon and he's laughing at the at this little puppet show it was <laughs> Well, I like small things hitting each other. Well, they played on Napoleon's <clears throat> short stature. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, eh. We, we, I think we made it, uh, that was a long film. I think we yeah, made it, it about an hour and a half before. I think because then the, they showed the devil and then God. And yeah, I think and that's I, when, when the. the they the, lost me. When the God character showed up, I think when that's when... When the devil character showed up, they lost me. That's when you lost the interest. Yeah. So. Sorry. Okay. Well, so that was Time Bandits. We almost made it through that film. And then last night, uh, we closed it out with a brilliant film, Legends of the Fall, with Brad um, Pitt. Yeah. What yeah. a... What a what a wonderful and I again I forgot so many shitty things happened in that yes. movie. Yes, and uh, yeah, I didn't remember a lot of that. It's been years since I saw it. It's in Montana. Yeah. Beautifully shot. I, I I've been to Montana four times. I love Montana. It's so beautiful there, and the story with the father and the three sons, and, and uh, it had some uh, <clears throat> awful uh, shots. I mean, violence. Oh, violence. Uh, well, it was World War One and everything, so. Uh, but it was a, a good film. I mean, overall, that was a good film. Um, Beautiful film, and then you know the one brother gets killed in World War One, and Brad Pitt is the favorite son. He's like, you know, he's half raised by a Native American guy, and he's into. You know, he was more Indian than white, really. Yeah, and, and uh, he's like this wild, um, yeah, jungle boy. I like that. 
And then Aidan Quinn plays the oldest brother, and he's done everything right his whole life. He's followed the rules, God and they the just Bible, all, and the, all fell the, in love with society the same girl. and family. Yeah. He did everything right, but he wasn't the favorite. Well, he didn't get the girl. That was the problem. But, I mean, he married yeah. her, but uh, he didn't really get her. Never got her heart. No. And then, he, at the end of the film, he finally wins the approval of his father. And the way he appro approve, wins the approval of his father is he kills a cop. So the point of that film <laughs> is if you want your father's love, you got to kill a cop. Good grief. <laughs> that wasn't the point. It was, he was... Saving the family, sticking with the family against outsiders. That's right. That's yeah, right. But, uh, defend your family, I defend guess. Defend your family. It was all was family. The uh, father had tried to keep them away from uh, the world uh, by being out in this ranch in the middle of nowhere. But... Uh, they were anxious to get in the world, and they did. Get in the war, yeah. In the in the <clears throat> world. Oh, in the world, yeah. Yeah, and be involved in the war. You know, they were like so many people mm -hmm. uh, thinking war is, you know, I'm going to be heroic. I'm going to be a hero. I'm going to do something big. But war is not a good thing, so... Yeah, and the dad tried to tell him that. The father yeah. had fought in the Civil War and the Indian Wars, and he was telling him, you don't know anything about war. Yeah, but and they're all the like, they, they want to be heroes and yeah. shit. And well, you know. They think it's a romantic novel. It's the idea. Right. So those have been the 30 movies we've watched in the last month, Mom. Um um, 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 I'm glad you remembered oh. a lot of these. It was like... Most... I wrote them all down. <laughs> we did see some real stinkers, though. So now the sun is starting to come in. The, my apartment's filling with sun. Um, we're at the end of our little podcast episode. I think this is the first time I've ever had you on my podcast. And it's your 81st birthday. Is there any... Um, uh, how does it feel uh, looking back on, on your life? Other than... That Tom Rhodes is your uh, favorite child. Stop, stop that. <laughs> I try not to have favorites. Um, but I am glad that we're together during this because we both would have been alone. And, uh, you know, you can be alone for a couple of weeks and it'd be okay because you've got interest. But after a while, it gets a little depressive because we're made for company. We're made for... Humans are social beings. Social. Yeah, we yeah. like to interact with other human beings. We need to interact with yeah. other people. And so this is uh, great. It's a surprise. I was only supposed to be here a week. I've been here a month. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and uh, because we're both used to being by ourselves, um, it's uh, an adjustment, you know, but we're done real well I think and, um, yeah it's a whole we're never going to get this chance again no we'll never this is um, a really special time if you're with the right person and we usually only get one week together one week. at a time and, Here and there. a lot of yeah. times I'm doing shows or yeah, you're you know, busy doing and, other things right or it's a holiday and or you got you know your church group things or things that you need to take care of right this is uh, explicit um yeah. Uh, unabridged time together. <laughs> yes, you know? and it's uh, we. 
been doing well, even though you've been beating me at Scrabble most every time. <laughs> well, are you having a happy birthday? I am having a happy birthday, a real happy birthday. So I got you nice you. presents from what I could find in the neighborhood. It looks like you're going to make a really nice dinner. Yeah, and I'm going to break down and have a glass of wine. Filet mignons from Trader <gasps> Joe's. Well, yeah. It's only 20 bucks for two. That's and I got some good. golden beet salad from... Whole Foods, and then maybe some green beans or something. Can't wait uh, I, I couldn't be happier with that cake. Yeah. Oh, that, that cake had. was really, it looked <clears throat> as good as it tasted. So. And I really thought of everything when I went out yesterday and all these things, and I even remembered birthday candles, and then I couldn't find them. Yeah, you shouldn't have been so upset over it. It's oh, okay. Oh, my God. I mean, 80 I almost candles. wanted to risk my life and go back out oh, today no, no. just to get these candles, no. but you wouldn't let me. <clears throat> 81 candles would set fire to this So I just had one candle on the... <laughs> that was enough. <laughs> so I was talking to my girlfriend last night, and she was telling me that she loves trick birthday candles, that the, the candles that won't go out. She just thinks that that's hilarious. And I said, imagine the guy who invented the candles that wouldn't go out. He thought, oh my God, I've made my name, my mark. My family will be remembered forever. What a revolutionary concept. The can It'll help millions of countless people. The candle that never goes out. And the only way they can be sold is as trick birthday candles. That's I'm not sure how that would help. <laughs> <laughs> the guy thought he was going to be immortal. And then yeah. he only lives on in pranksters' birthdays. Mm. So anyway, uh, all the sunlight's beautiful. We got hummingbirds coming on the balcony once mm -hmm. in a while. I love every day we've been watching the sunset. Yes, that's been great. That's been our little another little ritual to right, our right. daily structure, and um, and we try to exercise in here, which is nice. You know, you have to keep your body up. Yeah, you've been exercising. I've been pretty um, lethargic. I think. I mean, I've been working on my stuff, but I haven't mm -hmm. been moving as much. So maybe we'll try and do yoga. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll, and we I've wanted to also maybe that. try and learn to play chess. Yeah, that's another thing. We, because I have these beautiful uh, chess yeah, boards, but right. neither one of us know how to play. Yeah, it's time. It's time. Okay, Mom, in closing, is there any words of wisdom or <laughs> advice that you'd like to give to the people of the earth? Good heavens. Well, just, that's how I end my interviews. Oh, have you ever heard that? <laughs> no. <laughs> I end every interview with that question. Hmm. <clears throat> Well, I can't think of anything other than, you know, uh, the older you get, the more you sort people out and you get to know who your real friends are when you're going through trouble. So spend more time with your real friends <laughs> and less time with people that aggravate you. <laughs> that's, that's brilliant advice. I think now people, now is the time, I think people are, especially people who are stuck in situations and with people that they're unhappy with or people that irritate them or get on their nerves. I, I think a lot of people are reassessing their lives right now, their lives of, um, uh, I think a lot of people are gonna be clean in house well, after I, this I is over. Well, I hope that uh, when they're together that they can at least talk about their problems and resolve some stuff that they have not resolved before. It's a good time to do that. Of course, with children running around screaming and you trying to do two things at once trying to work from home trying and then your kids there oh take my care God. of your kids that's that's hard yeah it's hard they must be selling a lot of aspirin right now it's hard 
Mom, today's your 81st birthday. I'm grateful for the fact that you were born and um, I wouldn't be the smart, funny, and thoughtful person that I am if it wasn't for you. I, I, I think a lot of people uh, appreciate that I'm a caring, heartfelt person and I get all of my best qualities from you. Well, sometimes I think you give me too much credit, but well, yeah, sure. thank you. I mean, you. Dad was funny. He was a smart ass. I get a lot of my humor from him too, but I, I do think you know, my love of books and thrift stores and flea markets and um, so many, like the, the fact that I love art and... Um, well, I used to take you guys <clears throat> to the library all the time, so that was good. I remember, and then you could, for like whatever, check it out for a month, you got to get like four or five books. I remember what a thrill it was to go to the library and I could pick out any four or five books on any topic that I wanted. And I just, I, I just cherished that. It was before the internet. Yeah. And then for a whole month, you had these books in your possession. And everybody was reading, more or less. Yeah. Yeah. That was a beautiful gift you gave me, Mom. Thank you. But, um, so, I'm surprised that I lived this long. I'm a great grandmother. Great, uh, have a great grandchild, and uh, what? That's a surprise. You know. You have a great-grandchild. Wow. Yeah, she's a teenager. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I lived to know my grandmothers, but I didn't live uh, to know my grandfathers much. Cool. The grandmothers lived longer than the grandfathers. Well, I only, I only knew your mother and dad's mother, and that wasn't for very long. They both died when I was like um, 11 and 12. Mm. So, yeah, they didn't last long. Anyway, I love you with all my... Yeah, we, we almost had a happy ending. And then, <laughs> <laughs> okay, love your mother, and uh, long may you run, everybody. And shalom, amigos, e amigas. And um, thanks for doing this with me today, Mom. Oh, thanks. Thanks for having me. <laughs> happy birthday, Mom. Yes, and, thank you. And as they say in the Netherlands on your birthday, long may you live in the glory. Hip, hip. Hooray. Hurrah. <laughs> I love you, Mom. Thank you. Tom Rhodes, you're a funny man. Tom Rhodes, you're an international comedian. Tom Rhodes, karate kick, baby, oh yeah. Tom Rhodes, you're a groovy dude. You go all around the world, telling jokes to all of the people. You are an international comedian. You're funny to everybody in every single country in the world. much I think you're talented and very wonderful Tom Rhodes you're the best guy in the world I want to be your friend you should call me sometime here is my phone number 603-644-0048 yeah 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 Tom Rhodes you're an international comedic sensation Tom Rhodes, I like to listen to your podcast. Tom Rhodes, 
you're the best man to ever walk on the earth. <laughs>